0: Welcome to Let's Talk Color. I'm Amy Wolf, Principal Designer at Amy Wolf Color and Design. And I'm Amy Crane, Founding Designer at Amy Crane Color. We're both professional color experts who specialize in architectural color. We met while training, and years later, the conversation is still going strong.
1: We both live our lives immersed in color and design. We often agree, but sometimes we don't because color is personal. Color truths, however, are universal.
0: In each episode, we'll unravel the mystery of choosing color for your home or business, both inside and out.
1: Today, we're going to talk about choosing paint colors for the exterior of your home. This is a large financial investment, and you should expect a good paint job to last about 10 years, so it's a big deal. Your paint colors are the number one component of your home's curb appeal.
0: There are a lot of factors to consider when choosing an appropriate color palette for your home's exterior, and one good place to start is the region you live in. A lot of that has to do with the light that you get where you live. Amy and I are in the Northeast, and based on the light that we get, muted colors really look great on a house's exterior. But if you're in Florida, you can get away with pinks and turquoise and yellow if you really want to go that route. In the Southwest, typical colors are adobe and clay colors. In the Northwest, muted colors look great too because it's really low light there and a lot of lack of sun. And in the Midwest, earth tones are really often associated with the popular styles of architecture there. I think there
1: are certain color palettes that we just uh, have a, a strong sense of having a rightness about them with a particular kind of architecture. Beyond that, we want to look at the neighborhood, generally what's going on in your area, We'll take a look at your plans for resale. You know, if you're sticking around, then you have a little more room to be idiosyncratic. Whereas if you think you'll be selling or moving within a couple of years, it's probably better to play it safe. Of course, there's HOA regulations and there are fixed elements like the
0: roof, stone, brick, landscaping, hardscaping. Absolutely. I mean, roofs could be a lot of different colors. They can skew brown or gray. And actually, when you get up close and take a look at a tile for a roof, you've got granules of a lot of different colors mixed in there. But when you stand back, the roof colors have an overall tone to it. And you really have to think about how that tone works with the body color of your house.
1: Ideally, when you're picking a roof color, I recommend you pick something that's going to leave you a lot of room, a great deal of flexibility. But sometimes when we're dealing with a house where the roof is good to go, it's got, you know, another 5, 10, 15 years in it, we need to work around that color. So it's
0: important not to forget that that's part of the equation. Absolutely. And um, a lot of homes are clad in a variety of different materials, more modern homes or newer homes I should say often have some stone veneer on it where older homes will have actual stones on it and these stones are all earth tones so they really guide you towards the kind of colors you might want to have in your home you know it's very good idea to try and pull your body color out of one of the stones colors or even from the mortar that is used to put the stones together
1: One of the important considerations with stone is whether or not you want to enhance the look of the stone or have that stone settle down some. So by using color theory, if you want to enhance the stone, you can move toward the opposite side of the color wheel. For instance, a pinkish stone, if you want it to uh, look more pink, you can move toward greener neutrals, because green and red are on the opposite side of the color wheel. If you want that pinkish stone to settle down, then what you would do is pick a red color or a brown that's a red-based brown, and that'll help that pinkish stone settle back into a beige-y neutral.
0: Yeah. Brick is also a really big one that confounds a lot of homeowners. I get a lot of calls about what to do with my brick. I mean, generally, we all know bricks in the U.S. are red and orange tones, although there are uh, yellow and tan toned bricks as well. And the same rules apply as what you just spoke about regarding the stone. You can try for a body color if you've got siding along with it or just trim with it. You can go for a color which enhances and makes the brick colors stand out by going with a complement or choose instead a warm neutral that blends with it. But brick is red, and it's a very pronounced color. It is not a neutral. So you've got to be really careful about the colors that you choose to use with it. I think one
1: of the big mistakes I see is when people try to match brick it's really tricky. They, they pull uh, a, you know, reddish, orangish brown out of the fan deck and they think it matches. But then when it goes up on the house, it ends up looking really garish. So for me, when I'm trying to coordinate a color with brick and come up with a so-called match, what I do is always find a color that's a little less bright, and less light, a little darker, a little desaturated, and that allows that brick to be the thing and the paint color to coordinate to kind of
0: settle down and enhance. That's a good point. Another color that's really great to use with brick as a trim, and you don't see it too much, is black. It's a bold choice, but if a home has a little bit of siding or just trim, Black is really nice with it. And neutrals are great with it, too. I think you really really hit it on the head that you don't want to go bright when you're working with brick. You want to be muted or you want to be darker. So how do we figure out what it is that you like? Where do you get your ideas from? One of the biggest things to take into consideration is what's going on in your neighborhood. First of all, take a look at your direct neighbors. Look at three houses to your left, to your right, and across the street, because you really don't want to repeat a color palette used right next door to you. But even more than that, you can go beyond that and drive around your neighborhood and see what's there. You can both define what you like and also what you don't want to do. There's a lot of information in what you don't like. Sometimes it's harder to
1: articulate what you do like, but the things you don't like can be really informative. So as you're driving around, take notes, take pictures. And once
0: you've gathered a a fair bit of data, you'll start to see a pattern emerge. When I meet with clients and talk to clients about what kind of color palette might be right for them for an exterior, I say to them on a continuum of one to seven, where do you want to fall? Please don't pick one, don't pick seven. Neither are going to be good, but otherwise it's it's all fair game. Do you want people to... Really notice the house or have it much more blend into the houses around it. And I say to them, you know, I have this concept of fit in, stand out. You know, you're always wanting to fit in to the context of your neighborhood and your particular style of house, but then you want to stand out to some degree. So, how much do you want to stand out? And what
1: you need to think about is the overall color vibe. You know, are you looking to Have a a contrasty color scheme, or do you want something that's more subdued, well blended, uh, neutrals? uh, You know, I mean, a contrasty scheme can be created from neutrals as well, but you kind of want to figure out where you want to be on that continuum between, you know, a very restrained palette on one end and a vibrant, lively palette on the other, and whether or not you want to stay all warm. Stay in the cools, which I, I don't actually recommend for a house, uh, or mixing the two. way a long time ago when I lived in New Jersey, and they some folks in the town I was in painted the big old Victorian uh, about five shades of purple and and it was it was <laughs> it was a big story. It was in the newspaper, and the neighborhood was, well, let's just say very concerned. <laughs> So, you know, color is emotional. I mean, we already know that color is emotional. And I think you can, you can get a lot of traction out of the emotional power of color, but it can also be problematic. And I think that being, you know, expressing yourself and being creative is, is, it's a wonderful thing. And I think it, it's probably helpful not to upset your neighbors too much, just enough.
0: And not only is there the emotional component, which is huge, but there's also the whole concept of associations. You know, you have your own personal associations with certain colors, and then there are more cultural associations with certain colors, another part of our training, Amy, right? And um, for me... Since I can kind of remember back to the hippy-dippy days and being in upstate New York and places like Woodstock, when I see a purple house, that's where I go. I go straight to like a hippy-dippy day and um, I go running and screaming. So I am extremely (laughs) particular about if or when I would use a purple on a house and there are very few kinds of purples, and they would be extremely muted and close to gray if I was ever going to use purple on a house for trim or something. But never say never. I, You know, I get it. But that's my own association with a color, and it plays for everyone. I mean, for some people, white is clean and pure and classic and beautiful. And someone else might have grown up in a house where they had a terrible upbringing, a terrible time being raised, and the house was white. And so when they see white, they go running and screaming because it it doesn't feel good and it doesn't remind them of good things. Another interesting thing to think about when combining colors is how you might do it differently in an interior than in an exterior. One thing that I always make a point of doing if I'm stacking colors, meaning putting one on top of another in an interior, for instance, think about a dining room with a chair rail. You've got your chair rail, which can match the top or bottom color, or the chair rail itself can be different, but you've got a color on top and a color on the bottom. Inside a house, I almost universally put the heavier, darker color on the bottom but in an, on an exterior, I usually put the darker color on the top. And that's really interesting. Why? I think because when you're out in the great wide expanse with the big open sky above you, putting a dark color on top grounds the house. It brings it back to earth. Whereas when you're inside, you just have that ceiling. So where you are, has a really big effect on how you're combining colors and the way you do them outdoors can be different than indoors.
1: I also think that when we're doing a color scheme, we're looking for a certain rhythm and balance. And when I say rhythm, what I mean is to have colors kind of flow light to dark to light to dark, you know, across a facade or through a home, that rhythm is what gives uh, a, a paint scheme some interest. And so when I think about putting that dark color on the upper portion of the house, we do we see that a lot in the, in the four squares and the craftsman type houses here in the Northeast. And I would agree with you, Amy, that I always put the darker color up top too. And I think that's about rhythm because the foundation is inherently going to be darker and then you're going to have a middle area, which is the first floor, which is going to be lighter. And then you're going to repeat that darker color on the top. So that's what's creating that rhythm.
0: Another way rhythm and balance is important and pertaining to stacking colors is if your foundation is visible. Again, I would put a darker color on a foundation or the same tone as the body of the house or the lower section of the body of the house if it is multi-toned. Just the idea of having a very light color on a house at the very foundation just doesn't really make sense to me. I often pick what I call
1: a shadow color, a color that's sort of a gray-brown that'll settle in and disappear behind
0: the landscaping. Uh, just, Just something that goes away. It's very important that you take your landscaping into account and not just the trees, but also any perennials and flowering plants that you put around it. Because even though they flower for a limited amount of time, they're there. And you really need to take a look at the blend of the different colors. There's a building in my neighborhood
1: that's painted a brick red, sort of a, you know, a rusty brown color. And every year for a couple of weeks, there's azaleas blooming out front that are that vivid pinky purple color. <laughs> and and the pain it
0: causes me is, is not insignificant. Azaleas, they're killers, aren't they? I mean, I, I, I like them. I like them in, in doses and I like certain ones of them. But sometimes, um, especially you see on older homes uh, where the azaleas were planted at different times, but they're right next to each other. You'll go straight from sort of the hot pinky fuchsia ones right next to the orangey pink ones. And I'm a big fan of combining colors like red and pink and orange. I think it can be really sensational. But when it comes to those azaleas, ooh. (laughs) Another thing to think about is trends. Um, We're talking about a long-term investment here. You're going to be looking at the color of your house for a relatively long time, like you spoke about, Amy. Amy. Um, Yet trends come and trends go. And they come and go more slowly in terms of house exteriors, but they're still happening. And uh, at least where we live in the northeast of the United States, since about 2014 or 15, we've started to see a prevalence of really dark home colors, which were not around before that. Colors like stark black and almost black, charcoal and navy. Navy's really hot. And you really have to think about... If you love it, are you going to sell soon? If you're a person who just really loves trends overall in your life, having to do with other aspects of your life, the clothes you wear, your your interior design, if you tend towards the trendy, then you can consider something like that. But do do acknowledge that a trend is a trend and what looks great today, 10 years from now, seven years from now, what if the trend changes and it makes your house really dated? I think that
1: uh, taking a look at the style of the architecture as well when considering trends to figure out whether your house can actually tolerate a trend I think there are certain kinds of homes, contemporary, for instance, that can absolutely take that dark, dark paint trend that we're seeing right now. Uh, I did an A-frame last year, and we used a black for the trim and a near black for the body of the house. And that's going to carry because of the architecture. I think putting black on a craftsman bungalow or a split level may or may not work. It it really depends on the overall appearance and other materials used on the house. I can see black working there, but I think it may not have the longevity if it's
0: applied to a house where the architecture doesn't support it. I think that's a really good point. I Personally, I like it on historic houses. I think it looks really great. I happen to really like it without a contrasting trim, which is another trend going on now, having trim and the body of the house be the same color, sometimes even the front door being the same. And sometimes that's just too much for a person. And that's where they want to add that pop of color, even if the trim is matching the house. So it looks really great, in my opinion, on historical houses federal colonial georgian that kind of thing but i'm in agreement with you a a split level not so much i mean a lot of this is personal taste also and that's one thing our our listeners have to understand that there are color guidelines and rules which can help you as you go forward choosing a color palette for your home. But at a certain point, you go beyond a rule and into personal taste. And at the end of the day, you need to make yourself happy. And to decide whether you are going to like a color that you've chosen, a really great thing to do is to test the paint on your house. I tell my clients to test a five-foot square of the color color Uh, two coats on the front of the house and on another side of the house or two sides of the house where the light is different. And I think it really tells you a lot because colors change when they're out in the ambient light. Some kinds of colors that are bright anyway, get brighter. Everything gets lighter and you really need to see it on the house to know if it's the direction you want to go. I'll also
1: sometimes have people paint up a four by eight sheet of sheetrock with a a coat of primer and then two coats of paint because they can carry it around and see it from all different angles. But I agree with you, really painting on the side of the house is, is the most important, ultimately because of the texture of the substrate, which can impact the color. I think the thing to remember also is that the existing color of the house is going to influence the current color. If your house is white now and you're thinking about going with navy blue, that navy blue is going to feel so, so, so dark. So I think to sample a color, sometimes I'll even have people put a color sample up against a glass window, a sliding door, uh, just to get it away from the current field color, because that can have such a huge
0: impact. That's a really good point. I think it might be helpful for people to hear about some of the very common mistakes that we see out there. Is your roof going to clash with your siding, basically? I mean, they really, really have to work well together. And obviously, the architecture of your house is going to determine what the pitch of your roof is and how much of that roof color you see. But in some homes, it's a very steep pitch. And so it's a major, major part of the overall coloration of your home. Another thing is how you combine colors when you're choosing trim. You have to really think about how the colors work together, how much you want that trim to stand out or blend. I think
1: one of my biggest pet peeves around trim color and accent colors are when people use whites that are really just too bright and they're they look so stark against of any kind of a field color even for an all white house i rarely use the brightest of whites almost always pick a white you know with a little tone a little a little dirt <laughs> so to speak because it does help the house settle and um you know, feel like more
0: a part of its surroundings that makes real a lot of sense. I think also is you have to be cognizant of how many colors you're using on your home. Many of us love color, and um, it's hard to choose which ones you want to use, and you might love decorative elements of your home, wanting to emphasize it by changing the color there, but you really have to step back and look at the home as a whole. Even with beautiful decorative flourishes, the takeaway of a home should always be one cohesive whole. So you have to be careful not to choose too many colors for your home. The one kind of architecture that we all know can withstand many different colors if you're going to be applying paint to what's known as a Painted Lady Victorian. They've got a lot of different accent colors, and we're used to seeing it with that kind of architecture, so it kind of makes sense. But there are few, if any, other styles of homes in the United States where you would ever use that many different colors on it and still say the house looks good. I think that's particularly relevant lately in the last 10 years or
1: so where we've seen a lot of mixing of materials on homes. You can see a house with clapboard and board and batten and shakes up in the, in the eaves and two different kinds of roofing combining standing seam metal with asphalt shingles and then a little bit of stone cladding around the foundation. <laughs> In my opinion, that's already gone too far. That's a few too many things. Um, One of my rules is just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so in in that case in particular, I think it makes so much sense not to overdo the paint colors. You can use paint as an ally in bringing some cohesion and settling down all those materials. So uh, yeah, keeping it measured. Is, is wise. I I read once that the magic number is five. You should be looking at five different surface materials. You know, trim is one, field color is one, foundation is one, roofing is one. There's not a lot left. And I think that five number is a great place to start. And you can bend the rules a little bit. But again, you know, c- keeping things moderate, I, I think is, uh, is always preferable.
0: Well, I think that just about wraps it up. I hope you've learned something today about exterior color for your home. And join us next time when we talk more about color for the built world.
1: And if you have any questions, you can find us at letstalkpaintcolor.com. Drop us a note and let us know what you'd like to hear about.